This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way. Except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Uh, I'm glad to have you uh, once again. You're my regular co-host, but you know it's always nice to see you on this our podcast about what parents should be looking out for on the internets. I've been looking over my nephew's shoulder a few times while he's been on the on the on the YouTube's. You know, and the teens are he, always up to something. The teens are always up to something, and my ding dang nephew, he has been watching these videos that say that the Beatles loved the devil, and I just I thought that we as a parental control podcast should talk about it. Yeah, I mean, that clocks for the Beatles. I'm not surprised, but disappointed. I, <laughs> I'm i not surprised. I'm honestly, the thing that, that screws me up about it is that the the first John Lennon didn't love the devil, but the second John Lennon, he loved the devil. Yeah, we got the, the, the less good one. Anyway, this is The Great American Scream. My name's Devin Wright. My name's Adam O'Connell. Welcome back, everybody. Um, before we continue our discussion on uh, watching out for what satanic messages your teen is listening to in your home, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Queer Thesperians uh, podcast, which if you listened in this past week, I uh, was so very thankful to be a guest on where we talked more about queerness and horror. It was great. So make sure you check out The Queer at the Experience on Spotify and YouTube. And also check out Casper Oliver's um, brand new narrative podcast, Jar of Rebuke. If you are Woo! into SCP, like we talked about last week, and Welcome to Night Vale, it is absolutely going to be your bag. It's super good. Really excited for everybody here. So make sure you check out both of those shows and listen to the episode that I was a very special guest on. Yes, definitely do. Uh, we're forming a nice little, <laughs> the word that came to mind was cabal. <laughs> we're forming a nice cabal of, of yeah. podcasts of our friends, Yeah, which is, is really fun. But we're not talking about that. We're talking no. about panic at the disco, specifically satan- satanic, satanic panic, panic at the disco. At the disco. <laughs> well, so speaking of stuff that I've been listening to recently, my newest um, quarantine phase, because I like to think that my quarantine has come in uh, phases of enjoyments and emotional and reopenings states. and yeah. going back on restaurants and yeah. <laughs> The current one uh, has been the Swedish heavy metal band Ghost. Now, okay. I did not listen to Ghost. For, you've probably seen Ghost Around. It's that metal band that has the lead singer that's got like the skeleton face. Now, I yeah, you've probably seen Ghost Around. Just at they, the supermarket. Uh, they're they're kind of transparent and ghoulish. Yeah. Sometimes they have chains. But so I didn't listen to Ghost for years because I thought they were a screamo band. And no, no digging on screamo. It's just not my personal bag. Yeah. But then they came up with my Spotify recommended, and it turns out they're just ABBA that is also Black Sabbath. It Black Sabbath. Yeah, they put the ABBA into, like, you can't spell Black Sabbath without ABBA. Uh. So they're amazing. Listen to them on Spotify. They're great. But so they use Satanism as their primary aesthetic and, like, the band's storyline, oh. since they're playing these, like, characters, um, is that they're recruiting for a satanic church. Like I'm me a, in middle school. Yeah. Satanism as their primary aesthetic. More, and... 
like also like me in middle school, more so of an aesthetic than an actual spiritual belief. Oh, yeah. I've been listening to them for like a month now, but we would willingly take a bullet for literally any of them. I hope they know this. Oh, wow. <laughs> love Okay. Them. You would become a ghost for ghosts. For go- yeah. I didn't think that Satanism would be this quarantine stage, but... <laughs> You know? I knew it. I saw it coming. Yeah, it was uh, like, what other turns could we have possibly taken? But so in listening to them and kind of getting into their Satanist aesthetic, I started to think about kind of old school Satanist bands from the 70s mm-hmm. and 60s. And I started wondering, can a subliminal message in a song or an outright message make you a Satanist? Ooh, fun. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to crack this case wide open today, baby. Here on Parental Control, which I think <laughs> is the name of our parent-centric podcast. We're not very yeah. it's creative. The, it's the subliminal. If you listen to our podcast backwards, it's actually a parental a, control show. <laughs> parental, that's very good. Parental control is the very poorly named fan cast of the Great American Scream that we yeah. do backwards in our own yeah. episodes. That's so a lot of layers. So go back and listen to all of our past episodes backwards to figure out what episodes of the Backyardigans are unsafe for your 17-year-old. Oh, oh my god, the Backyardigans. We, speaking of backwards, we're going to talk about the use of backmasking in music to hide both creepy and funny messages and how it added to the satanic panic that happened in the United States in the 80s and early 90s. And a quick note about that, we're going to be mostly discussing the phenomena in music and American culture and more, uh, although it's barely scratching the surface of what this cultural movement was, as the satanic panic affected way more than that. If you are interested in learning more about the panic, uh, its roots, and all of the kind of trials and arrests surrounding it, go and check out the most recent season of Jimlet's Conviction, which covers several cases of alleged sat- uh, satanic ritual abuse. A fair warning that gets really heavy, but if you're into true crime and you want to find out more about satanic panic, listen to that because it is super informative, really interesting. But we're going to be talking about mostly music and culture today. Yes. Uh, Satanic Panic is, funnily enough, I when you mentioned doing this episode, I was like, ah, oh, yes, there's so much, not even pa- past the cultural, like political writing about mm-hmm. Satanic Panic and how it interacts with like the rising conservatism of the 80s US and how it clashes with feminism and black Marxism and like read up on it. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy story. I like backmasking a lot. I think it's really creepy because it like breaks the fourth wall of a song, as it were. Okay. But let's talk about exactly what it is, because you might not know what backmasking means. So it is a recording technique where part of the song is played backwards. And in order to like decipher what it's actually saying, you have to listen to that part or the song backwards. Um, so okay. the most notable example would be uh, Missy Elliott's Work It, where she says, put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. And then you hear the Uh backwards part right after it, which is just her saying, put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it backwards. I, I you didn't, I didn't know, that? know that's a, I didn't know what that that I thought it was just like a sting like a nice little musical thing that's so that's silly that I didn't know we were as Ezra and I were talking about this last night I'm just very dumb <laughs> and I that's mean, the end of that point and we can move on it's used for artistic effect most of the time but it has uh, and can be used to conceal certain messages before. Ooh. It's also can be used to censor clean uh, versions of songs by backmasking the expl- explicit word. So if you drop okay. a, a little F-bomb in a song, you can just play it backwards and that's okay for the radio. That's like in uh, when They Might Be Giants did the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme song. <laughs> they dropped an F-bomb and then they backmasked it. Yeah. But it goes, hot dog, hot dog, hot 
you're king foot. Dog hot, dog hot, dog hot. Yeah. And you never know. So an important distinction about backmasking, too, is that backmasking is done on purpose. It's like explicitly done right. by the artist or the editor or whatever. This is contrary to phonetic reversal, where playing a song backwards may yield things that sound like words, but probably weren't intentional. Um, a right. lot So of- the kind of confluence of these things is what caused the panic. Yeah, a lot of the satanic panic claims were based on phonetic reversal and not intentional backmasking, but phonetic reversal would truly be hard to execute on purpose because your lyrics would have to make sense forwards and right, backwards. Right, both backwards, yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's the kind of thing that I like my very funny opening bit talked about where yeah. like on 2008 YouTube, you could find like the secret satanic messages in Beatles songs. And it was just the Beatles played backwards and it would yeah. be like, I love Satan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? And that's what we're going to talk about. But a lot of the reason people hear that is because of a phenomenon called pareidolia, which is the uh, brain's tendency to recognize patterns, familiarities and meaningless data. Because as we know, our, we're brains like patterns and we try and find things where there are not. We talked about this back, I think we've talked about it a few times, like in yeah. ritual games or something. Like it comes we talked probably about, talked about it when we talk about clowns. And Ouija, I think. Yeah. yeah. Our brain always tries to make sense of any data that we're given. So naturally... And we always want to make it spooky. Yeah. If we listen to something that we know is a human voice, but it doesn't sound like words, we're going to try and find words in there somehow. And a lot of yeah. times, once these kind of get mystified and become a cultural myth, if you have the words in front of you and then you're listening to it backwards, you're probably going to be like, oh, I just heard it because the words are right in right. front of you. It's the, remember Yanny and Laurel? Yes. Which, like by that. the way, it says Laurel. I, I just... It's just about the frequencies, but I... I felt I, like I was I was too old for that one. Like the white and gold, the, the dress that was, was mine. Yeah. I, that, the dress was our version of that. But anyway. so Alistair Crowley, who we talked about in the Ouija episode, oh, um, advised yes. in his 1913 book, Magic, with the CK, volume mm-hmm. three, that occultists should train themselves. He doesn't specify train themselves to do what, but I just to be a cult. Okay. Train themselves okay. by listening to records backwards. He claimed uh, that he would train himself to think backwards by external means. And one of those ways he would do it would be to uh, listen to phonograph records reversed. I always wondered why Tish drama made us do that. Yeah, <laughs> which by Turns the way, out they're making us a cult. If um if you do this, you can ruin your needle. So careful. Just oh, look yeah, them up don't on do YouTube. This. Don't do this. If um, you have a nice the funny player. thing about magic with a K, uh, <laughs> magic volume four was actually written backwards. And so it was kind of a nice like ARG thing that yes. Alistair Crowley was like, train yourself to read my next book. Yeah. If you don't do really it, just he was just kind of on his grind. If you don't do it, then you're not going to have access to the Aleister Crowley Extended Universe and the companion book. So the first hit record uh, that used backmasking was in 1959. Uh, A vocal group called The Eligibles released a record called Car Trouble, uh, which contained... This is back in the 50s and 60s, where you know how songs now, they're called one thing, like Britney Spears, If You Seek Amy, and then uh, Uh they actually are about something else. This was back when song titles just said what it was about. So this song was about car trouble. Okay, Which, good. And I, I do want to stop us here. Yeah. We need to go back to this. We don't need to go back to the 50s in any way whatsoever, no. except for the way we name music groups. Because the eligibles, it's it cute. sounds like like a record, what are they called? Record label person went to the local mall and went, you, 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 you're a band now. 
do you want i'm going to give you a hundred dollars for all your songs and <laughs> you're, you're a band now what do you want to be called and you're like i don't know are we even eligible for this and they went bingo that's it yeah um so they released a record called car trouble in 1959 which contains two nonsense uh phrases and then when you reverse it they reveal the phrases and the first one is and you can get my daughter back by 10 30 you bum and then the second one, now look at here, Kat, stop running these records backwards. I like that a lot. I like both of them. I think I enjoy them very much. Yeah, both are very good. I like that the second one is like, they should have also said, you can ruin your needle. Yeah. By, by doing this, even though I love that. That's like, uh, it's ludonarrative dissonance. It's the difference between the intention of the of the thing you're doing and the what you're actually doing. You shouldn't be playing this record backwards, but it's telling you to. Yeah, exa- exactly. Uh, How else are you going to get these sweet hidden messages? But, exactly. Um, so this runs into the question of why musicians backmask and if subliminal messaging works, which is a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. So 99.8% of the time, backmasking is done as just some kind of artistic choice, whether it's to be right. scary or funny or just for laughs. Just a weird goofs. noise. Yeah. yeah. But a lot, uh, the belief of a lot of fundamentalist Christians, especially during the 1980s, was that while the brain absorbs the forward lyric, it begins working okay. overtime to decipher the hidden backwards message, therefore focusing on it way more and taking that as the message of the song or the lyric. Um, so, okay. And so music idolism and fanaticism had been on the rise ever since the 1950s with groups like the Beatles. So parents were convinced that their kids were much more likely to listen to their favorite artists than them. And those artists right. could be telling them to worship Satan. Yes, that makes sense. I mean, if you stacked all the Beatles together, they kind of could look like a golden cow if you dress them in gold. And idols are no good. Yeah, I like mean, the I, Bible. Guess, I guess that would be the case of any music. If I stacked BTS up and covered them in gold, they'd probably if also you look dress like, any group yeah. of four to five people in gold and stack them up, they can yeah. look like golden cow yeah and idolism is not okay so let's talk about um the beatles specifically uh with the permeating paul is dead rumor so um the beatles 1956 album revolver popular Wait, did i mess that up was paul mccartney the one who was replaced or yes was it was Lennon? paul it was paul oh well i just intro, thought we you gotta had go a back personal, and do the intro bit i thought you had a personal conspiracy theory that there's a second john lennon running around somewhere i think there's a second or third of all of them <laughs> okay so, i think that that we're on honestly like we're on ringo 5.0 that's but fair he's a robot we don't know how many ringos there could have been <laughs> There's no way to know. There's no way to know how many Ringos there are. <laughs> so the Beatles 1966 album Revolver popularized the use of backmasking in mainstream music. Um, but the album used backmasked instrumentals, not lyrics. So it just kind of created this cool, so cool. guitar-y yeah. kind of noise without really hiding any hidden messages. But so Rain was the first Beatles song to contain a backmasked message, which was sunshine, rain, when the rain comes, they run and hide their heads. The last line, it's just a reversed version of the first line of the song now it wasn't until 1969 when a rumor began about the song revolution nine which is that one that goes like number nine number nine that one Uh uh-huh containing the message turn me on dead man perpetuating a rumor that started two years earlier that paul mccartney had died in 1966 and he was replaced by avril lavigne Who then became Katy Perry? Who, who people think Katy Perry is? No, people think Katy Perry is Jamine Ramsey. <laughs> I like that so much. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, that one's crazy. So the band 
amused by this rumor, began putting other backed mask messages uh, or just regular hidden messages in other songs to confuse fans, including a message okay. uh, in the song Glass Onion. Here's Which, another. Yeah. Great name for Glass a song. Onion, again. What, what is it? Yeah. Here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. Oh, my God. <laughs> As That's... in I am the walrus. Cuckoo uh, cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> so. Another big uh, perpetuator for this rumor was that on the cover of Abbey Road, McCartney is the only one out of step with the rest of the band. And in a new printing of Abbey Road, the he doesn't have a cigarette. I thought you were going to say they, you know. just, they just edited Paul out. <laughs> He's just not no. there. <laughs> no, in the in the original, one of them has a cigarette and then really? they changed it and they oh censored God. it. So I had no idea. Have a, you can't have a cigarette. I had no idea. But um, so these rumors, of course led to a huge boost in sales, which is like a big reason why any band would do something like this. It's why any band does anything ever. Yeah. And then Paul McCartney, in response to this, he titled his 1993 live album, Paul is Live, which is extremely good. (laughs) That's very good. I do read it as Paul is Live, which is even better. (laughs) Paul is Live, Paul is Life. (laughs) Paul is Live. So because of these rumors, people began searching for hidden messages in other songs because they're like, hey, if the Beatles are doing this... I bet there are other groups doing it, too, especially during the Satanic Panic. Right. And and we have to remember that, like, all of teen and young person culture is about, like, freaking out and pissing off parents. And yes. so if bands can, like, capitalize on that and they also think it's cool or funny or whatever, it's the whole going against the man thing. Like, if parents are going to be freaked out that there's, like, a needle included in whatever album, of course, we're going to put a needle in our album. Yeah, you know? exactly. So uh, a quick overview on the Satanic Panic as well. It was a largely American moral panic, although it does happen in other countries, just in different ways, um, regarding conspiracies surrounding the presence of messages from Satanic cults being publicized in various media, especially rock music. Uh, It was also the fear of Satanic cults being present in America in general and them running covert operations in various institutions, notably preschools and daycares. Of course, of these latter claims, they were pretty much all eventually proven to be false. I mean, of course. And the most the silliest thing about these rumors from a rock music standpoint is look at any rock band that was popular back then they're all boring conservative white men now like yeah. of course they weren't satanists it hit its peak in the usa in the 80s and early 90s for a variety of reasons but it still manifests in a lot of ways in modern christian institutions especially catholic and evangelical churches um Harry Potter. I, yeah exactly i grew up in a catholic church and they told us that my church specifically, but my friend was evangelical and they told her, her church told her not to read Harry Potter because it was witchcraft or right. uh, to see the Golden Compass because it was anti-religion. Well, the Golden Compass. So this is a thing, right? Like when conservative cultural forces are in power, thanks to political power, they have to create some kind of force that is against them so that they can still victimize themselves. This is like a known thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so the the wild thing about it is that Like I said before, a lot of bands will be like, oh, parents hate it, so let's do it more. But even when it's not there intentionally, like you you have that, which is like parody trying to piss people off. Then you have like Harry Potter, which is not Satanist in any way and is actually looking back pretty culturally conservative. Yeah. Pretty white, pretty straight, pretty racist, pretty anti-Semitic, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like Golden Compass as a book series was a response to 
Chronicles of Narnia because Chronicles of Narnia is a biblical allegory. Yeah, we were allowed so, to see Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> of course, because it was about Lion Jesus. Yeah. And Golden Compass is literally about killing God because that person did, didn't like whatever that guy's name is who did... C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis. His full name, Clive Staples Lewis, is a full sentence. Clive, yeah. Clive Staples, Clive Staples Lewis. Lewis. Oh, Period. Clyde, don't do that. Um, um, that's the end of my little thing, but read no, The Golden Compass. Yeah, it's very totally. good. And I didn't get that uh, that Narnia was a biblical allegory when I was a kid, because I remember I went I know, to go yeah. see the, I went to go see the that's movie. That's the point. I went to go see the movie with my very Christian uh, best friend's family, and I remember we were driving home, and he was like, the dad was like, oh, there was such like a, you know, it was about the Bible. It was about God. And I was like, what are you talking about? That was a sick ass movie about a lion. Like, I don't know. Yeah, what... that was, I don't remember any witches, wardrobes or lions in my <laughs> bubble. Yeah. So back to Satanic Panic, a lot of pop culture and moral panic was surrounding music and the supposed hidden messages in it, leading to a lot of people playing various records backwards just to see if they could find some kind of satanic message, of especially course. if a, a band, uh, ACDC or Led Zeppelin, who kind of played with Satanism as an aesthetic anyway, the people were definitely looking for some kind of uh, hidden message in those songs. And it was right. often covered on like local news stations when something was found or radio stations or whatever. It led right. to a and lot be- of records being banned by radio stations because people were afraid that it could recruit kids to the Church of Satanism. Right. And as always, music is... The kind of thing that like kids are like it is always the most modern form, at least until the Internet of culture that is pretty clearly generation generationally divided. Like you always like the music from when you were a kid. So obviously the music of your kids is going to seem if you're cultural conservative Christian music, kid music is automatically that's bad Satan bad yeah. music. Because also because it's new. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So the music panic itself really started in 1982 after the Trinity Broadcasting Network's Paul <laughs> Crouch and uh, self-described neuroscientist Willem Yarrell Enemies of the podcast. <laughs> argued on television that the Church of Satan was collaborating with rock stars to hide satanic messages in songs. And those messages could bypass the conscious mind and go straight into the unconscious, which is exactly what subliminal messages are supposed to do. Right, but also like... <laughs> Like, like, put aside the fact that probably like the Church of Satan is like a real institution that exists and yes. like has certain beliefs, and a lot of them are not religious; they are purely political. Like, they yeah. only exist. They use Satan as like a as a symbol or whatever. Yeah. But the idea of like Satan is so powerful that he can go through your conscious mind and straight to the unconscious. It's like God could probably do that too, y'all. Yeah. Why hasn't Just God jumped on this train music. yet? <laughs> The, I'm sure the Church of Jesus is a more powerful institution than the Church of Satan, <laughs> and I'm sure those bands would love to cash the check and backmask a bunch of, like, God is good, God is great messages. Yeah. Like, what are you... It's so funny. So, a lot of fundamentalist Christian churches actually began to hold record smashings and record burnings Ooh. to... Uh, combat Did they this? know that it's much harder than you thought to smash a record it's as so, you and i discovered it's so hard um for a uh, quick context Devin and i were in a <laughs> short play that i wrote that involved a record breaking and then received various pieces of criticism from our superiors that there's no way any of our blocking would have actually broken a record so we had to find not, fun from, our, fr- not from our peers because of course they don't know they but don't know. from our like old hippie 70s teachers <laughs> they were like, who were like that would break a record, a record like that. which is so crazy because i'm so gentle with my record because I'm afraid anything oh, I do to them will will destroy them. But they were like, yeah. no, you throwing a record on the ground will not break it. And I'm like, what 
at will. And that's what these Christian churches were doing. They're like, Satan really put a lot of power into yeah. these records. We can't break them. I digress. In 1983, a bill was introduced in California and Arkansas that wanted to prevent backmasking because it can, quote, uh, can manipulate our behavior without our knowledge or consent and turn us into disciples of the Antichrist. Uh, you the know, bill, yeah. the conservative bastions of Arkansas and California. California. <laughs> the bill passed unanimously in Arkansas, big surprise, and would have mandated that backmask records have a label uh, saying, warning, this record contains backward masking, which may be perceptible at a subliminal level when the record is played forward. Um, wait, but, wait. Ni- what was the year? Uh, 1983. And it passed? Because Bill it, Clinton would have been the governor. No, the bill was shot down by oh! then-Governor Bill Clinton. <laughs> yes, Bill I Clinton ran the political ballot and saved it. Um <laughs> But then with the advent of CDs in the late 1980s, but prior to like home editing software, it became a lot more difficult to listen to songs backward because CD players, that wasn't a function. Um, So the controversies died down a lot because people could no longer like just sit at home and listen to records backwards all day. (laughs) And ruin their, and the, you know, the economy was starting to plateau so people couldn't afford to have all these extra needles. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about a couple of examples of backmasking and phonetic reversal. Um, Let's first, I'm going to mention a couple of actual cases of backmasking with satanic messages. So like many great creepy things in modern culture, we can trace this back to 1973's The Exorcist. Of course. In which a tape of noises from the possessed Reagan is played backwards to reveal hidden satanic messages, to which a bunch of kind of like already lightly satanic uh, metal bands went, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. Oh, sick, 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 sick. Yeah, so Slayer's 1985 album Hell Awaits begins with a backmasked voice chanting, join us. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty. In- yeah. Also, uh, the band Cradle of Filth released a song called Dinner at Deviant's Place, which uh, contained a back. The whole song is a backmasked reading of the Lord's Prayer, which is considered to be the staple at a black mass or a satanic mass, as the whole thing with the Christ versus the Antichrist is anything Christ does, the Antichrist does backwards. So, right. It's like Bizarro and Superman. Exactly. So you know? uh, saying the Lord's instead Prayer of, backwards Instead of being satanic. able to turn water into wine, he turns wine into water just like bizarro has uh he has a heat breath and and freeze vision (laughs) honestly i would anticipate like water into wine i feel like is much more of an anti like that's like wine is water is a buzzkill and the antichrist doesn't seem like a buzzkill well that's because jesus is a party man he loves to party (laughs) yeah and the antichrist hates parties yeah so uh the night and uh the 1985 grim reaper song final scream contains the message see you in hell played backwards adam i really like that all of these bands are named lightly satanic when their names are slayer cradle of filth and grim reaper yeah cradle of filth is pretty uh i guess that's that's pretty satanic but um what do i know (laughs) um so we'll talk about a couple more cases of alleged backmasking and phonetic reversal, since these were kind of the ones that were much more uh, relevant during Satanic Panic. So probably the most famous example is uh, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, which allegedly contains the phrase, Here's to my sweet Satan. Here's to my sweet Satan. Uh, amongst, I, uh, yeah. I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, amongst many other uh, backwards messages about Satan, uh, the band has claimed this to be totally false. I've when you listen to it and you have the words in front of you, it does sound like they're saying, "Here's to my sweet yeah. Satan." But again, how hard would it be to 
write forwards lyric that forward lyrics that make sense and then also sound like a sentence backwards right and also like if you're gonna choose a satanic message if you want it to like here's to my sweet satan is a is it's an odd choice of words i like it <laughs> oh no i think it's lovely yeah but i i don't i don't know if a 1980s led zeppelin would would specifically I don't know if those are the words they choose to pen their ode to Lucifer. That's fair. The ACDC song Night Prowler also allegedly contains the phrases, I am the law, my name is Uh Lucifer, and she belongs in hell. Now, I am the law, not objectively satanic. Right. Kind of a Judge Dredd fan fiction thing. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Lucifer. Pretty satanic. His name is Lucifer, yeah. She belongs in hell, a middle ground. I guess. Yeah, who? (laughs) <laughs> Margaret Thatcher? I guess combined. I guess combined it's pretty satanic. Um I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty sure Judge Dredd is a is a religious thing. Whether it's an anti-religious or pro-religious allegory, I don't remember, but I, yeah. Anyway. So fr- ACDC frontman Angus Young claimed that you don't need to play the record backwards to hear satanic messages because the album is called Highway to Hell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. That yeah. I see. I respect that. The outwardly, like, just say it. <laughs> yeah, and and you have to imagine that the leaders of the church also respected it. They may have yeah. not liked it, but they but went. They res- That's yeah. fair. Um, we so, probably should have gone with that. Yeah, Electric Light Orchestra song <laughs> El Dorado allegedly contained the message: "He is the nasty one." Christ, you're infernal. It is said we're dead men. Everyone who has the mark will live. Okay. I'm so into this from like a from like a like an actual biblical standpoint. Like everyone who has the mark, like you're probably talking about the mark of Cain. Yes. Like that's super sick. Like calling Christ infernal. I don't think that calling Christ the nasty one. Yeah, I do like the phrase is that, he is the nasty one. I really like you know, the Church of Satan. Because I've said that about names. Devin before. Yeah, that's why I'm the nasty one. You're talking about Jesus. ELO was talking about my forthcoming yeah in 1998 a, the nasty one shall come it was a prophecy uh, another one of my personal favorites is that the title words of queens another one bites the dust if you play it backwards it they're saying it's fun to smoke marijuana <laughs> which again not outwardly satanic just a statement again if they if the name of the song was it's fun to smoke marijuana the church would say, do you know that if you play that backwards, it sounds like another one bites the dust, which is which satanic. Is satanic. Yeah. So these are all cases of phonetic reversals we've talked about before. Some of them are clearer than others. All are claimed to be unintentional. Ones like Stairway to Heaven may sound very clear, but since we all know about it, of course, we're going to hear it when we actively right. listen for it. Now, uh, like, oh, no, go ahead. Just real fast. Before we get into funny, funny goof stuff, like the weird thing to me about these kinds of things is like, especially now when we're having a lot of conversations about like the forces of of capitalism and how they're good or bad in our society, um, (laughs) like the, the weirdest thing to me is that these claims seem to forget that like all commercially viable bands are commercially viable because they are specifically engineered to not be too offensive to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way a record company, if a record company found out that backmasking was going on, they would not be okay with it because yeah. it would mean that they may sell less records. Like, And for bands like Cradle of Filth and Slayer and stuff who put them in on purpose, of course their record, like, their record company right. knows about it. <laughs> yeah, of course And they that's do. their angle. Yeah. 
So let's talk uh, about a couple more cases of alleged uh, or of rather these are on purpose backmasking uh, done for a comedic effect, often to parody or make fun of the idea of satanic backmasking. And honestly, of all yeah. of the versions of backmasking, this is the one that has the most examples because uh, it turns out way less bands were hiding satanic messages than people thought. But obviously that's hilarious. So a lot of uh, bands and artists decided to put a couple messages of their own in the song. Yes. So um, the band Soundgarden parodied back masking on their 1989 album Ultra Mega OK. Um, so there's two songs, 665 and 667. When you play them backwards, it reveals a song not about Satan, but about Santa. Containing the lyrics, Santa, I love you, baby. My Christmas king, Santa, you're my king. I love you, Santa, baby. Got what I need. The thing about it is that the songwriter is, it's not, you know, it's not funny. He has a slight dyslexia, uh, just kind of a late onset. And so he accidentally wrote Santa when they were doing it. And he also doesn't know what numbers are. So he accidentally made it 665 and 667. He's like, you know, number of the beast. I like the the phrase, my Christmas king, a lot. My my Christmas king, Santa, you're my king. I love love you, Santa, baby. Got what I need. It doesn't rhyme. No, it's it's so so good. good. The Oingo Boingo song, Cry of the Vatos... Love Oingo Boingo. That's what Satanists call the Antichrist. Boingo Boingo. The song Cry of the Vatos contains a backmasked Christian message telling listeners to accept Jesus into their hearts. See, they cash the check. See, I like that because when you're listening to it forwards and you hear like, oh my God, this is a satanic message. Then when you go back and listen to it backwards, you find out it's actually about Jesus. Which means that, you know, the conscience is listening to Satan, but the unconscious... God goes straight to your brain and says, no, Jesus. My personal hero, Weird Al Yankovic, also does this mm-hmm. a lot as parody. In the song Nature Trail to Hell, he has hidden the message, Satan eats cheese whiz, uh, during does. an instrumental bit. And then in the song I Remember Larry, uh, if you listen to the back back backmasked message in it, he says, wow, you must have an awful lot of time on your hands. Hell yeah, Weird Al. Yeah. I like Satan Eats Cheese Whiz because it's not a pro-Satan message. It's, it's just a, a statement. You're, and you're kind, of, you're kind of revealing Satan to be a poor cheese connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Satan, Satan would have camembert. good cheeses. Yeah. You thought Satan eat, ate beautiful Limburger and... <laughs> And Brie, but yeah. no, he Jeez doesn't whiz. like good cheese. The B-52 song, Detour Through Your Mind, love B-52s, uh, it contains mm. the message, I buried my parakeet in the backyard. Oh no, you're playing the record backwards. Watch out, you might ruin your needle. Oh my God. I like that it starts out bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it starts out as like, this person is just like writing their diary in a back mask and like, so I buried my parakeet today. Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> Get out of here. You'll ruin your needle. Okay. Do you know the song, They're Coming to Take Me Away? Ha ha. It's like, they're coming to take me away. Ha ha. They're coming to take uh, yes, me away. Yes, they're taking the I- hobbits to eyes and God, God, God. God, God, yeah, God. Similar. Yeah. So the B side of that record when it came out contained the same song, but entirely reversed, including the same label, but backwards, like just the exact same okay. song reversed. And a music critic once called it the most obnoxious thing to ever appear on a jukebox and claimed that it once cleared out a diner of 40 patrons in three minutes. Little known fact, that was actually my EP. It was the most obnoxious thing to ever appear in a jukebox. 
I see your what's new pussycat with one is not unusual sprinkle in and raise you. Ah, ah, yeah, wow, um, et act, art. Oh my God. What is it? Will oh my be? God, Adam. Yemenak, e, er, oh, you haven't written. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't written down. No, 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 no. I, that was. <laughs> I realized that with, with Bill Clinton too, I always keep whatever we're talking about on the bottom of the screen <laughs> in the outline. So I don't know exactly what's coming next. No, I'm not that talented. I can barely read forward. Like, so uh, another electric light orchestra. So after they got accused of backmasking, they then released a whole album in response to this uh, entitled Secret Messages, which contained a lot of secret messages. Uh, Fire on High's opening instrumental contains the music is reversible, but time is not. Turn back, turn back, turn back, turn back in a deep voice, which is supposed to be funny, but I find immeasurably creepy. The music is reversible, but time Turn back, turn back. ELO, you accidentally did really good horror backmasking. Yeah, it's very scary if uh, you listen, like... I, I I get it's supposed to be funny, but I find it so creepy. Yeah, I mean, most backmasking is, again, just because it's reversed human speech or human singing, yeah. it, it intrinsically sounds creepy. Exactly. There's a reason that we hear Satan or something scary in these messages. It's because right. we know it's a human voice, but we can't figure out what it's saying. And, and, and not even in a way where when you listen to someone speak another language, you can kind of clock what that language right. is. And you know that they're saying something, you just can't tell what. With backmasking, it doesn't sound like they're saying any language right and the you know the kind of tonal clues that we get even when somebody's speaking another language aren't present because they're literally reversed which is such a yeah that's so interesting so the christian rock group petra included uh backmasking on the song judas's kiss the quote being what are you looking for the devil for when you ought to be looking for the lord what are you looking for the devil for when you ought to be looking for the lord which led to much dunking uh, on by the rest of the music industry. <laughs> no, don't dunk on them. That's great. No, that's so good. No, like we, I've I've been anti diocese in this podcast episode, but that's great. You're good that's with this one. Awesome. That's so good. Good job, Petra. Also, being a Christian rock band and naming your like album Judas's Kiss, like that's a that's a. That title yeah. goes hard. Yeah, that that is a very good song title. And finally, uh, the group Mindless Self-Indulgence, on the record called Back Mask, so you kind of knew what you were getting into, contains all of the following messages. Respect your parents. Clean your room. Do your homework. Don't stay out too late. Eat your vegetables. Put away your toys. Don't sit too close to the TV. Take the dog for a nice walk. Hurry up. Get dressed for church. And the following is rated PG-13. Who needs me to suck their dick? <laughs> it kind of takes a turn at the end there adam i was gonna make a joke about how this is the end of our episode of parental control because they're all good parent things and then you just oh my god that's so good yeah i'm sorry i ruined our uh very good very g-rated podcast at the end there that is, <laughs> that is next level and you know backmasking isn't the only way that people have hidden messages in songs before using morse code in music is another popular yeah method using uh, drum beats to uh convey certain messages usually just for artistic or comedic effect or for a fun little easter egg and also spectrogram mm-hmm. spectograms rather which is a, a kind of a little known thing in like 
like music and audio editing, which is kind of a visual representation of the song or the audio piece that you are looking at. Mm -hmm. Some artists often uh, use spectrograms to just make fun pictures. There is a album, and I wish I could remember the artist, and I wish I'd written this down, but the album is called Songs About My Cat. And if you look at the spectrogram for this album, it is just pictures of this artist's cat. Oh, that's very good. I like that quite a lot. So my question is, are A, were you a Satanist before? And B, if not, are you one now? Uh, No, I was a good Christian, Jesus-loving boy before this. But now? And now I have to say, I love Satan. (laughs) Gotta say. Sounds like a cool dude. I gotta say, he sounds pretty cool. Yeah. He um, sounds pretty cool. He tells me to respect my parents and put away my toys. He offers to suck on uh, my my thing down there. (laughs) and he also loves santa the way i do yeah so go explore a couple more of these uh there's a lot of fun examples people back mask all the time it's not as popular anymore in music but there are still some artists that do it and tell us what hidden messages you find in your favorite songs yeah just listen to missy elliott's work it over and over and over again yeah just listen to that because it's a great song yeah and then listen to it backwards and one of the lines will sound regular yeah which is neat I think that'll do it for us here on The Great American Scream. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can uh, leave us a rate and review on iTunes, or you can share from Spotify. There's a dedicated share button, which is lovely. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow on Spotify and share the episode. But the best way to spread the word is to tell a friend who likes to get spooked and likes to laugh at getting spooked. And Adam, can you pimp our social medias? Yeah, you can check us out on Twitter at Great Scream Pod or on Facebook at The Great American Scream. And now on Instagram at Great Scream Pod as well. Um, You can tweet at us or post using the hashtag TGAS. Let us know what some of your favorite hidden messages and your favorite songs are. And uh, let us know if you want to hear about something specific on the show, because your suggestion may become an episode in the future. Yeah. And a special thank you goes out to Michael Segudo, who does the intro to the podcast, and to Stevie Viola, who does the music. You can find him on Twitter. Yeah, make sure you check, or before we go, make sure you check out uh, The Queer Experience and Jar of Rebuke on Spotify and on YouTube. Yes, for sure. It's going to be great. But other than that, I have been Devin Wright. I have Adam O'Connell. And hopefully you have been spooked. And make sure you rewind this episode and listen for the messages that we left for you the very the me- 45 minutes of it all for <laughs> you know actually if you play it backwards half speed it's an hour and a half of <laughs> satanic messages but if you listen regular speed you won't hear them just do it safely don't ruin your needle <laughs> <laughs>